the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. Brought to you by Cater. Hello, Katermites. Uh, <laughs> this podcast we're talking about. Kardashians. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, we did this segment about uh, corporations and the nicknames that they gave to their employees. And after we recorded, Josh, who's in production, uh, does our videos. Revealed, disclosed, disclosed divulged a secret. Incredibly life-changing secret. It was worth interrupting the record to tell us. <laughs> I know, but he didn't. Polite King. That... At Kada, they call themselves you the Kadashians. The Kadashians. And has it taken off? Allegedly, it did for a week, but I think we should bring it back. That's the thing, right? Remember in primary school, you like try to bring a nickname. You try to start a nickname for yourself. What did you do? Uh, nothing actually. No comment. Yeah. What about you? I don't think I would have done that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you're saying relatable experience insert here. <laughs> Alien, alien form doesn't doesn't relate. And I think there's two types of people in the world. People okay. that give themselves nicknames and just pray to God that they stick, mm-hmm. which is more of like the anxious person. And then people who are given nicknames who are very lucky to be popular and well-liked. Damn. It's like that. Let's get to it. Flex and Frooms. Remember I told you a couple of weeks ago about how I read this stat that said that only... 15% of the things that you worry about will actually come true, which means that the bulk of your worrying is in vain. It's moot. It's a waste of your time. Mm. Correct? Mm. This is a fact. Well, I came across this TikTok the other day, which I've now lost, but that's okay because I did retain the information. One thing about me, I'm a retain the information. Will it be completely right? Who knows? But let's go with it. So she was saying that she thinks that because we're in this you know, very modern self-care era where we have convinced ourselves that to feel anything quote-unquote negative is not a good thing for our development. Don't feel sad, don't feel angry, don't feel mad, don't worry, be grateful, be positive, etc. Well, she says she was working in tandem with her therapist to define a new way for her to deal with the fact that life is hard and bad because just trying to suppress it wasn't working. So what they devised together was a designated worry time per day, one hour a day where she is allowed to feel as sorry for herself as she wants. She's allowed to moan and gripe and complain and be petty. And then after that worry time, it's dead for the day. Mm. And she says what that helps her do is like, You know how sometimes it's really hard to get over stuff because you're trying to be like mature about it. You're like, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but she's like, it rids you of all that shame you have about being a real person. So I implore you. Wow. Does she pick a particular time you should do it? She says she does hers like right when she wakes up. Whoa. Because she's like, I want, like she said for her, if she's in a bad mood, she can't shake that. Like everything is going to be, affected by that bad mood so when she wakes up she starts her day slow she has that worry time and then she just like goes about her day with her best attitude she also says that after midnight is demon hour for her so that's a really good time to worry but then like you can't help it because you want to try and sleep and then you're worrying so first thing in the morning cool fresh get it out the way that's a very um people who get up and exercise straight away mm. it's very much that like just get it out of, get it out of the way get it out of the way practical i do my worrying and my problem solving at night when i'm going to bed i think it's because i don't know about you but i'm constantly on my phone another mm-hmm. thing that i've 
heard about on TikTok or the internet is like doing a hundred things on your phone at once just so you don't have to feel anything. Mm. Like going on LinkedIn, doing this, doing that, like going on all your apps. You go on LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah, this is like <laughs> desperate times. Um, and so I guess at night I don't have I, – I can't be playing on my phone because I'm trying to go to sleep. So therefore everything comes to me, good, bad, mm. ideas, worries, and it's effective for me. But I guess when it gets out of control, maybe the one hour – Worry time could work. Cap it. Tell your brain. We're not doing this right now, baby. Had your hour. Enough. Enough. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. The other day I was with a bunch of my friends around a party and the, one of the first conversations I had at the party involved Zappos. It was one of my friends saying that her older sister has a very specific use for Zappos. I'm not going to give anything else away. I'm going to play an audio message. For the wedding present, Ebs gave us like a card and some Zappos, but didn't put it in the wishing well, kept it in a paper bag separately. And anyway, she ran into this elder gentleman and he goes, oh, why are you giving the bride and groom like lollies? Why are you giving them Zappos? And she goes, oh, they'll know. They'll know. Molly will definitely know. (laughs) And um, he goes, really? What is it? And she's like, for oral sex and just like leaned into it. Anyway, he gave her like a fake like slap on the wrist and was like had a bit of a giggle anyway she then found out it was like my grandpa and she had said that's why i'm giving them lollies so what you're telling me is that zappos the flavor chews the you know not quite chewing gum not quite mint fruity like palm oil wrapped sensations that make you salivate in anticipation of eating them and also while you're eating them is the perfect mouth lubrication for adult activities. Literally. Great. Now, only if you can send, I would love you to just put one in your mouth and just just test it because it's been a while. You know, like the minute that I hear Zappos, I'm like, my mouth starts salivating. Does everybody else, do you agree? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to watch you do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> There won't be any noises because I know, except for this. I have so many positive things to say about Zappos, but if you really haven't heard what they are, just imagine a Starburst chew, but better flavour, far better quality control. Tangier or something. Yeah, and the flavour's been consistent. It's starting. Ew. Are you thinking naughty thoughts? No. Gross. This is full on. Another thing that we learn at Cater is that we need to have lubricated mouths when we speak. Yeah. So this could be for us as well. Yeah. There you go, Zappo 101. So if you've got a top drawer, you've got some naughty little things in there, add a packet of Zappets. Zappets? <laughs> I love that this is pretend common knowledge. Molly will know. Molly will know exactly what to do with these. It's not clear. And something, not to get too graphic, but something about putting a sugary treat in your mouth in that scenario feels like it'd be a sticky mess and then you'd be prone to like a UTI or something. I don't think that's great for pH level, but... Who am I? I didn't think of that. Mm. That's okay. Downsides. More things to worry about later on. Right now, right now is not the time. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. I am a LinkedIn uh, hottie. What I, do you do on it? I just like... Are you looking for a job? No. <laughs> this is the thing. I'm totally not hireable because I am my own sole trader. I'm not ever looking for a job. The way that I use LinkedIn is it's just another place for me to shitpost. 
Really? I'm being perfectly honest. You're active. You're a I'm content active. creator on LinkedIn. Literally. A platform for employed corporate professionals <laughs> to I'm get like, jobs. <laughs> I bring spice. I'm like the internet version of when you get like a morale booster, like a public speaker to yeah. come into your workplace. But I came across this article, which the title was How Fun Nicknames Can Seriously Elevate, Elevate Your Employer Branding. How fun nicknames can elevate your employer branding. Yes. So if you run a company and you want to come across as fun and cool and quirky and an inclusive place, apparently you should give your employees nicknames. And I'm not talking about like personal nicknames. For example, yours is Lil. Yeah. I mean, it's just my name. (laughs) Lillian, Lillian. Oh, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you, I get you, I get you. But so, like the rock stars. Is that yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like what would the Kato one be? Like the Kate, the, the cadavers. Whoa. But some ones that occur mm-hmm. that you might not be privy to are, for example, at Amazon, they're called Amazonians. That's a good one. I got to pay that. Yeah, I like that. At Google, employees are called Googlers. Yeah, amazing. And new employees are called Nooglers. Nooglers. <laughs> Mm, needs workshopping. <laughs> and apparently they call one another googly because everyone there is really happy and the culture is really amazing. In what context are we using them? Like would I say, oh, Froom is a noogler? Yes. <laughs> to my, my fellow googlers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I just imagine them all riding around on like mopeds in the office, like very 2012 corporate culture. Yeah. Remember that movie Google? No. Oh, the one with Owen Wilson, the internship. Then there is an even more extreme version. There is a company in Boston called Toast. It's like a well, tech company. Um, and their employees have nicknamed themselves Toasters. Mm. And the CEO says it came about organically because they're a very punny company. It gets worse. Okay. <laughs> the CEO notes the children of employees are called Croutons and nice. their pets are called Biscuits. Nice. The resource group for Jewish employees is called Chala. And the one for LGBTQI plus community is Multigrain. <gasps> they host a monthly podcast with employees called The Jam and they have a magazine appropriately named The Slice. I can't tell if I love it or hate it. Neither can I. <laughs> it's so creative, but like we are adults, okay? <laughs> like we are salaried adults. Are we really going to be calling queer people Multigrains? <laughs> I guess my main, it's not even a concern, but my first thought is, we can't even have um, nicknames for Cato because it's not a real word. Oh. You know? Like, yeah, you can. Toast is a real word. Amazon is a real word. So that makes sense. But if we, like the Cato one would just spiral out of control. Totally. There's no real like, basis. Does it mean cadence? Does it mean cadaver? And it's like, no, it doesn't mean any of those things. <laughs> I think the whole thing's crazy and scary and I don't like it. I think this is a pipeline to the whole we are family uh, situation that happens in workplaces where basically uh, bosses and whatnot say we're all family, we're all in this together, when in actuality there is hierarchy, which is not possible hierarchy in family, right? Yeah, but I guess it's not like financial. Your time isn't like equated to a financial number. So you were saying corporations like to use the family analogy for what goes on in that environment. And I said, and you said, because it can't be a family because there's hierarchy. And then I was like, well, don't families have hierarchy? 
totally. Families do have hierarchy, but I don't think like hierarchy can go either way in a family. Like children in the house can be at the top of the pile and get their parents to do certain things. Certainly how I was brought up. (laughs) Parents, I want your bedroom. I'm getting it. Move out. Really? Yes. However, in a company, I can't go up to the boss, Emily, uh, at Kada and say, get out of your office. This is my office now with all the trophies on the wall and whatnot. Have you tried? Nah. <laughs> See? I feel like we're cousin, like Kada cousins because we come in here, we flit in and out. Anyway, the whole family thing in corporations freaks me out. I hate it. I think it's always used in a manipulative way. If we really were a family, um, then I could tell you that you're annoying. You're an annoying piece of shit. Whereas I can't really do that in a in a company. Can I? Maybe these are self-imposed rules. Nah, that's why HR exists. Who exists? HR. Oh, that's not what I heard. Oh, what'd you hear? I'm not sure. Um, okay, yeah, I get you. I think in this instance, like I understand why these corporate um, subculture strange things exist because you do have to keep masking people from the reality that they're giving up 40 hours of their life every week to this random thing that shouldn't exist. Like, for example, did you think the cavemen knew there was going to be online shopping? Mm. And now people are giving 40 hours of their week so people can online shop? Yeah, I didn't even think online shopping would be a thing after 2010. What did you think was happened to it? I didn't think it existed. Oh, we, I didn't even... Oh, we didn't even online shop back then. No, I remember buying a pair of Jeffrey Campbell's and it being like this enormous thing like, oh my God, is it going to come? Is it going to work? How's it going to get here? (laughs) This is an enormous, enormous uh, thing to do. Whereas now, little ASOS order coming to you next day delivery. No, it's not. I was thinking the iconic. (laughs) Too many brands, too much free press. Yeah, I feel it. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think the least a corporation can do is make things nonsensical and fun. Like the toast thing, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, let us add some flavor to this bland environment. Because I think of like the way these things avalanche, like Google didn't start at stop at the names and references. They wanted the name to personify the experience and they made the experience fun. Like they've got Mm. rainforests in there and scooters and like a cool company culture. I think I would take that over the bland like monotonous, basic archetype of what a corporate structure is. Like we work in a grey office with fluorescence and you don't show your personality and everything is like above board and lame. I think I would take the we are family extreme over the like we all hate ourselves counterpart. <laughs> Huge. See, I feel the opposite. I like the grey, bland uh, overhead lights that make you feel really dry and gross mm. over the fun thing because then you have a contrast in your life. You have highs and lows. You can go home and feel fun and, like, express your personality there, whereas if you're working at a really cool place, you're probably more – you're probably prone to work even harder and spend even more time there. And then when you get home, you go back to your shit apartment that costs seven hundred dollars a week to rent. And it's in Who are you? I won't name about? a suburb. <laughs> I'm talking about my my imaginary life. I just know I'd hate it. I just feel so I've been in the environments where it's a cool place to work. There's the perks, there's the crispy creams in the office mm-hmm. and it wasn't worth it. Yes, but I think that's also with the assumption that if you were in the other place, that transaction would be worth it. Like if you go into a boring environment with the grey walls, the fluorescent, the no vibe, 
because it's giving you nothing. You're like, I'm also giving nothing to this experience. Like, I, mm. I feel like I wouldn't want to be like a pro corporate, like we do Friday drinks, we get crispy, creamy girls. But I think that based on what you have to give to a corporate working environment, the least you could do is convince yourself that it's worthwhile. That like, no, but I'm making heaps of friends here and it's social and like we have nicknames and like, nah. I think the reality is like, would be so is so depressing now let's paint it a little bit let's add mm. some bows and stuff to it okay like the alternative feels better because we've lived the, the thing you're talking about right i see whereas like, it's very there's unusual more to people have. who haven't done what we've done in those environments who'd be like babes you think i wouldn't want the crispy coins yeah you think i wouldn't want to wear pink eyeshadow to work i want that and we're like no it's really terrible you don't understand <laughs> You want that grey wall lifestyle. <laughs> Interesting. Flex and firms. Would you say you are a hygiene freak? You big on showering, big on deodorant, big on toothbrushing? I'm a reformed hygiene freak. Oh. Used to be. Not so much anymore because I realise life is too short to be pristine. This is an absurd thing for you to say. I wish you'd take it back ASAP. <laughs> Here's the thing, over the course of like, I would say the last three years, and I would say it's probably due to COVID and other things that have made us think about what our hygiene standards are like in contrast to the people around us. But we've heard heaps of new stories about how celebrities don't shower because they don't need to and things like deodorant are only making you more stinky and, you know, changing your bed sheets that frequently isn't necessary, etc. But I came across this TikTok video that debunks all of this anti-deodorant propaganda. Because with deodorant especially, as there's been this push to natural deodorant, people keep saying, well, you can't use the good stuff, the the, the antiperspirants and stuff, because there's little fibres and metals in them that give you cancer. So you gotta, you gotta, you can't use it. I'm so sorry. So they've been justifying, and when I say they, I mean non-deodorant wearers, Aww. have been justifying it with this baseless science. Thank goodness the science community did this research, because listen to this. Is your deodorant giving you cancer or Alzheimer's? Antiperspirants, you always find aluminum, at least in anything that actually works. Some of them say aluminum-free, but they still have baking powder. Remember, baking powder is just baking soda with an aluminum salt added to it, unless you get the really expensive baking powder, and that stuff has cream of tartar, but that's a whole other thing. But every one of the antiperspirants out there that really work all have aluminum. And yes, aluminum and Alzheimer's have a correlation, and high levels of aluminum and breast cancer have a correlation. But are you getting enough through your antiperspirants to make a difference? And the answer is no. Even if you put it in the armpit and then you shave the armpit and nick it, they've actually seen such minuscule amounts of aluminum coming across that the idea that your antiperspirant is increasing your rate of having both breast cancer and Alzheimer's have been disproven through multiple studies. So. There's probably a bigger risk factor of all the baked goods that we eat with baking powder that have aluminum, which is a cheaper weight to make baking powder from, again, baking soda, than it is to use cream of tartar. But then again, cream of tartar comes from wine processing. But if you're asking me if it's safe to use aluminum-containing antiperspirants, oh yeah, easy. They've done the studies. It's safe. I have had too many bad experiences with natural deodorant people. Oh, you know, like people community. that you just know the smell. It's a very particular smell. And it's like like naturally Uh-oh. product smell mixed with BO. Damn. So it's like double bad. <laughs> I will say I am a natural deodorant wearer. Oh, really? 
It's surprising, isn't it? Yes. But I will say, I'm not, I know the natural deodorant person you're talking about, and that's the bicarb-based deodorant. Let me tell you something about bicarb-based deodorants from my personal experience. It will dry up your armpit to the point where the skin will be like so dry that it'll rub against each other and then break. And then so you'll have bloody armpits that will scab. And then as you keep applying this natural deodorant, because you think you're saving yourself and the planet, you'll keep creating dryness that'll cause the scabs to flake off and then the skin to open up because of all the friction and then scab. Anyway. Is that real? It's, that's my, it happened. It's a whole thing. But the natural deodorant I'm using now, I don't know what's in it that makes it, work but it's not an antiperspirant right it's just a deodorant which like so it's like you know slimy i guess i don't know this all different i just roll it on and forget about <laughs> it <laughs> set and forget <laughs> yeah, this is flex and frooms on cater flexi i got a dm the other day from someone called noah strider and they said a kind request from me and my friends that you and flex talk about this on the podcast we are stressed Naturally, I went straight to the link uh, and it's an article. It reads, Saudi Arabia plans a 100 mile long mirrored skyscraper megacity. So many buzzwords. Here (laughs) is the promotional video. Imagine a traditional city and consolidating its footprint, designing to protect and enhance nature. The line will be home to 9 million residents and will be built with a footprint of just 34 square kilometers. And we are designing it to provide a healthier, more sustainable quality of life. So if I can paint a picture, because if you don't see the video, it's probably hard to picture what this looks like. It's like a piece of mirrored glass that runs from the ocean to the middle of the desert, yeah. which is 100 miles long, yeah. which is like how many kilometres? Not sure. Let's not get into it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into it. And it's like this universe within itself where there's gardens and stuff like that. It kind of looks like New York condensed yeah. with sunlight that streams through the top. It just looks awful. Yeah, so the sunlight streams through the the top, the walls are mirrored glass, so you can see out of it, but from the outside, it's just mirror. Yes. I don't know what it's meant to do. I personally love the sound of that. I'm like, they're so helpful. This is so sweet. I think about the future. I did some research. Everybody's like, this is a dystopian scam and ultimately a PR move for Saudi Arabia. They're never going to build the thing allegedly. Allegedly. Mm. They're not going to build it, but talking about building it and talking about what they intend for its for what they intend for it to be is going to change the perception of Saudi Arabia in the eyes of people in the next decade. Right, because Saudi Arabia produces a lot of crude oil, which is obviously bad for the environment. And I think I read that their pledge was to be carbon free. I'm totally going to butcher this, but essentially like they had this big emissions target to hit by 2060 which obviously doesn't cut it. So I think your point is quite pertinent. Not my point. Probably- <laughs> Not my point. I, I plagiarised the point from Reddit. I read the point and I don't want any beef, any problems. Saudi Arabia, cancelled. Take me to the line. I'll go. I'm, I'm ready to participate. But in the meantime, if anybody has any other suspicions or speculations about what the line is for and who would live there, because I think the big question is, what is the purpose? Why do we want to take nine million people into this remote infrastructure, into the desert? Who is going to work there? Why does it exist? Is it safe? 
what's going to happen to the birds when they fly into the window mirrors and die? And is this thing just going to burn everything around it? I don't really know. You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Daily Podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.